Hi, this is Dr. Michael Walker with this week's 5-Minute Advocate. And this week, I'd like to talk about the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons, or TPNW. The Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons was signed in 2017 and entered into force in 2021. It was an epic success, largely driven by the international organisation ICANN, which was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize. ICANN was founded in Australia and is currently led by Australian Melissa Park. As many listeners would know, there have been a number of nuclear weapons treaties over the years. First, there was a non-proliferation treaty signed in 1968. The goal of this earlier treaty, as the name suggests, was to limit the proliferation of nuclear weapons, which was partially achieved. Although it hasn't stopped Pakistan, India, North Korea, and most likely Israel from developing them. Second, a comprehensive test ban treaty was signed in 1996, and since then, just 10 nuclear weapons have been detonated in the whole world, none of them above ground. Compare that to more than 2,000 in the decades before. Third, a succession of nuclear arms reduction treaties have been signed by Russia and the United States since the 1970s. In the most recent iteration, signed in 2010, the two superpowers agreed to a limit of around 1,500 warheads each. Lastly, 114 countries have signed nuclear weapon-free zone treaties. Australia is one, having signed on to the Treaty of Rarotonga in 1986 that prevents the stationing of nuclear weapons in our country. What these treaties have in common is that their goal was to put the brakes on nuclear weapons, but there was no driver or incentive to get rid of them completely. There was a mechanism in the original non-proliferation treaty, but despite being enforced for many decades, no progress had been made. We still live in a world in which landmines and cluster munitions are banned, but nuclear weapons that can destroy entire cities are not. What makes the Treaty on the Prohibition of Nuclear Weapons different to earlier treaties is that it does not presume a steady state world in which these weapons will continue to be present. Instead, it calls them out for what they are, a crime against humanity, and obligates countries to work toward a world in which they are eliminated. The treaty has now been signed by 92 countries and ratified by 68. However, no nuclear weapon state has signed on to it. In Australia, 76% of the public support the TPNW. The Labor Party committed to joining the treaty at its 2018 national conference. The former Liberal government opposed the TPNW during negotiations, but following the change in government last year, Australia has now ceased its opposition and recently abstained from a UN vote on it. Australia still hasn't signed on, however. In April, Foreign Minister Penny Wong indicated that Australia is still assessing its position on the TPNW, in particular the verification and enforcement system. But no time frame has been given. Another apparent concern is the interaction with dormant provisions of the Non-Proliferation Treaty. There does not appear to be any practical effect for Australia as a non-nuclear state although it's difficult to see how being a signatory could be compatible with the government's blasé attitude towards the presence of possibly nuclear-armed B-52 bombers passing through Tyndall Air Force Base in Darwin. The point of disagreement is not as wide as it seems. States that have nuclear weapons don't want to use them either. It's just that they believe deterrence works. ICANN and others say that is their whole point. Is humankind really the kind of species that would repeat Hiroshima but on a much larger scale? Would we, for example, be arguing that states should have a sovereign right to unleash smallpox on the whole world? Surely we can all agree to collectively take these extreme options off the table. 
A further argument against deterrence is that past performance is no indicator of future results. Just because there hasn't been an incident since 1945 doesn't mean there won't be one ever. What happens when a non-state actor gets hold of a nuclear bomb? Or there is a messy change of regime in a nuclear state? North Korea or Pakistan, for example. And in that situation, nuclear retaliation is not really an option because there is no home territory towards which a return strike can be directed and the whole rationale of deterrence breaks down. If no one genuinely desires to use nuclear weapons, this is a hideous risk that the world continues to carry for apparently no reason, and the TPNW brings us closer to a world finally free of this fear.